This week's podcast is brought to you by Avast, a global leader in digital security and family safety solutions for network operators and their customers. The needs of consumers are changing. Wherever they are, wherever they go, whatever device they use, they expect their digital lives to be seamless, simple, safe, and secure. With over 15 years of experience delivering award-winning security solutions with network operators, Avast makes it easy for consumers to manage their digital life security using just one simple interface. That's security for all devices, wherever they are and however they connect. Let Avast help you build a safer digital world for your customers. Discover more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot slash partners. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by Todd Grantham, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Plume. Plume gets data from 15 million households and about 705 million devices around the world, and they've used the data to help us visualize what the COVID-19 pandemic is doing to home networks and how our work habits are changing. On this show, we'll discuss what Plume is seeing with all of its data, how it's helping us visualize that, and uh, we'll talk about what Todd thinks might happen next. And we will do all of that right after this break. Okay, on the podcast today, uh, please welcome Todd Grantham, the CMO of Plume. Todd, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, uh, being with us on the podcast today. Uh, is is it Plume or Plume Designs? Uh, what's the what's the, what is the working name of the company uh, every day? The working name is Plume. Yeah, where it's officially uh, filed as okay. Plume Design, but Plume is our working name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I just I, I got tripped up over a copyright. I, I saw it. The I was scrolling all over the web page, uh, uh, you know, reading the data, and looking at the visualization charts. Um, great uh, job, uh, and congrats on whoever put all of that together because it 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 really does give you like a, a quick snapshot of of how things have changed so quickly um, in terms of uh, uh, traffic patterns in the home. Yeah, thanks very much. It was a, it was a team effort, obviously, um, but it, it occurred to us quite quickly as, as COVID was showing how much disruption and how much change was going to be happening that you know, we were sitting on a, on a pile of data that could really evidence that, that reality and, and what was happening today. So so we quickly scrambled and, and put that together. Uh, the data team is always kind of looking at data in lots of different ways as part of the service that we provide to our ISP partners. So it was uh, pretty straightforward to pull this together and, and be able to give people a, a bit of a reflection of, of the impact that was happening in people's homes on a daily basis. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's it, like I said. The I guess the, visualizing it is something different. I know we've we've heard the numbers in different places, you know, and from various sources that that you know. Yes, obviously things are changing and so on and so forth. But uh, uh, to to see it on a on a visual graph was was quite compelling. So, um, how many uh, households and devices uh, is 
is Plume able to look at or sort of uh, get gather data on? Yeah, globally, we are deployed in over 15 million homes uh, and currently have about 705, a little over 700 million devices on our Plume cloud. So we have a, a very robust view of what's happening uh, in all kinds of countries throughout the world. Um, so it's a, it's a big sample set that allowed us in the U.S. and Canada to be able to drill down and even show on a city by city level. Uh, and we've added very recently even a, a quick look at some of the European countries of, of what's happening there. So with that much mm. size, we've, we have a pretty good sample set of, of what's happening. Now, I know Plume has, uh, you know, some robust software. You, you license different things to service providers, I think, depending on the depending on the provider's need. Um, so how it, where is that data coming from? Is it coming directly from the service provider networks or is it um, also coming? Is it coming from the uh, the devices, the uh, mesh uh, wire uh, Wi-Fi devices that you all sell? Yeah, so all of the services run on our cloud so all of our okay. whether it be our direct to consumer uh offering that we have here in the us and in the uk or our isp offerings that you know that's all managed and run on the plume cloud so all of this data is anonymized and blended together of all of those uh offerings the entire 15 million and, and 700 million devices okay um and how many uh just to set the stage for like what people are going to see when they go well first of all tell us where this stuff is located so that people can just go there and have a look sure yeah it's easy to find discover.plume.com and it'll be right at okay. the top of that home page that's the home page for our business to business offering you know the the website for the uh for the isp offering mm -hmm. and there's okay. a big panel right there at the top that you can click on and see the data and right now we're we're kind of showing three pieces of of information trying to give uh, a different look at how uh, this is all hitting the world. The top uh, graph shows the increase in the number of devices on a daily basis across 14 mm -hmm. U.S. cities. Um, the next chart on there you'll find is us extrapolating that out to number of people that are now working at home uh, during the day and, and trying to mm -hmm. show, just quantify how much volume that is. And then the final graph is showing uh, we, we thought it would be interesting to kind of, you know, we talk about working from home, but also watching from home. You know, you're watching entertainment devices and, and people are streaming and they're not necessarily always working. Kids are at home right. now because they're not at school. So we tried to break it down by device types as well. So there's a third chart that that shows by device types, by time of day and, and where the usage patterns are. Uh, we've also given a, a chart for Canada and for Europe. Uh, to give them a sense of the number of uh, increase in number of devices at home as well. So three different ways to to look at the data. How uh, how big of a change was there, like like between the uh, number of active, you know, users uh, that were online during the day, like say in February? How big of a change was there between February and March when some of the when when really the especially in the U.S. the COVID nineteen uh, stay at home. <clears throat> Or, or shelter in place orders started to go out and people really started to take the pandemic seriously. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, looking at the data and we've spent a lot of time and we've tried to add inside the chart, you can kind of roll over each of the day by day events. And when there's some certain spikes and things like that, we've tried to add some pop-ups. Obviously you know, this news is coming so fast and furious. We aren't able to capture all of them, but um, 
it is really interesting to kind of look at how the different cities had reacted. Like I said, we've we've highlighted 14 cities for now, uh, just to kind of give a sense of of how they've been impacted. And as an example, mm-hmm. you saw Seattle, which of course was one of the first areas hit pretty hard by COVID, start to ramp up sooner yeah. than the other cities, and, and almost by three weeks, you know, it started to you know the numbers of people and number of devices working at home ramped far earlier than the others. And then there's a very uh, clear line when uh, the federal government declared the national emergency, all of a sudden, all of the cities start to really lift up. But you can really see the patterns where the Bay Area and Seattle, which some of the early cities that got hit, were ramping before that. Um, it's funny, we we saw the data and we went the, we took the data all the way back to um, the 29th of January to try to get you know before the, before the virus had really start to take effect in the United States. And there were two lumps in the in the denver data and we were like oh we must have a data problem there must be an issue there and february 4th there was something happening and february 7th like well that the covid wasn't really in denver at that point so we went back to the news there were two big snow days (laughs) that happened on those two dates in denver and so we can actually even start to see um things like that that started to pop up and then there's a lump uh, also right around February 17th, which was, of course, the President's Day holiday. So more people were working from home. Right. So it is interesting to see uh, the real big change from uh, January uh, on to March. And then it really starts to take off, obviously, in, in the middle of March. And if, uh, if if you're able to see that traffic, that means that that traffic is going over either a Plume Wi-Fi device or is being processed by Plume software uh, so somewhere in the home. Is that correct? That's correct. So yeah, if, if plume is providing the service to a home, then all of the devices in that home, uh, connect to the plume cloud. So, you know, once, once we're connected, whether it be, uh, the plume software in an ISP's gateway, uh, or someone's using the plume design devices, the super pods or power pods that, uh, extend range into the home, those once those that software is running and someone is on the plume cloud then those devices all connect to the plume service and and that's that's where this data is coming from that's exactly right okay yeah makes sense okay i and and um uh as i, I guess as as we're looking i mean I, I note that you have yeah you have lots of cities that you're you're uh, able to show data on in terms of work from home data um what are some other i guess uh, traffic trends that you're, you're noticing now that people are uh, sheltering in place and, and working from home more as, as anything jumped out at you in terms of uh, the, the, I guess the online behavior uh, relative to what you'd normally see. Yeah, I think there's a, a couple things worth kind of talking about, and this is really shown in the uh, busy hours at home graph at the, at the bottom of that landing page. Um, there, there are, as you would expect, you know, we, we've kind of cut the data uh, in three ways. So Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., so kind of a daytime and a nighttime. And then we've, we've also added the weekends as well. And I was, I was expecting to see the big jump in computer usage uh, during the workday, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and it, that's up about 115%. Um, I was a little bit, I was expecting the entertainment devices and we classify entertainment devices in as three types of devices, set top boxes, you know, like Amazon fire sticks or Roku's or things like that. Uh, smart TVs yeah. that are connected to the internet and then, uh, game consoles. So those are, we loosely clump those together as entertainment devices. Those are up 
Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And again, I think okay. there's an interesting observation there about, you know, kids home from school that, you know, can't go to school, don't necessarily have access to online learning, uh, maybe. Obviously, some people, while they're having to be at home, there isn't necessarily work that they can do at home on a computer. So, you know, there's there and then maybe even some growth in unemployment. I mean, it could be any number of things that's driving that number up, but it's up 53%. That's a huge percentage. I think the other thing that jumps out at me anyway is the Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., the evening hours, computer use during that time is up by 41%, which means, and I think a lot of uh, people have started to talk about this, breaking down of that traditional workday, because now that we're working from home, we're having to be much more flexible, not just about where we work, but even when we work, because yeah. you know, student kids are at home, so you're having to kind of spend time with them during the day and you know, you're having to catch up work in the evenings. There's a real blurring of timelines now. So the fact that computers yeah. are up 41% in the evening, um, I, I was not expecting that number to jump as significantly as it did. Yeah, that's interesting. And on the inter entertainment devices, I wonder how many people, especially, especially since a lot of people are, you know, watching television over the top now, um, I wonder how many people have just been kind of leaving the, you know, TV on in the background as, you know, on a news station or something like that, just to watch for local announcements, local info, stuff like that. It's, it seems like, you know, that that's happened a, a, a couple of days here. I mean, I definitely keep a radio or television or something on just to, just to stay in touch. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering how much of that's going on. Yeah, very, very possible. Yeah, we, we of course, uh, don't want to go down to the detail level of you know what people are watching or anything like that. We certainly uh, respect people's privacy and, and stay away from that kind of information. So it's hard to know mm -hmm. that. Uh, but obviously, uh, it's clearly up and there's probably all kinds of reasons why it's up to your point. Yeah, yeah, it definitely shows that. The, 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 I mean, I think that's what's so interesting about this whole thing is that it just shows a behavioral change. And like you said, in what people are doing. Um, in reaction to working from home. And then I, I thought that was an interesting observation about how, yeah, people are maybe batching their work a little bit differently, uh, especially if they're in a household with kids. They've got to maybe work at night when things are a little quiet, maybe reply to those emails then and <laughs> and yeah. not not, uh, not in the middle of the day when they need help with schoolwork or when you know people are uh, up and around doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And the weekend is the weekend is also um, all, all categories, smartphones, computers and the entertainment devices are all up on the weekend again, as you would kind of expect. But I think that almost is a, a manifestation of of all of the economy lost when people would normally be going out to movie theaters or to dinner and things right. like this or, or getting outside. I mean, that's it almost quantifies how much more indoors people are uh, than they than they normally are. You can actually almost see that uh, impact on the weekends. Yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I, I've, I keep having this feeling of needing to do something different, but I, I, I'm watching a lot more television than I normally would. And each time I sit down to watch television, I'm going, shouldn't I be doing something else? And then I'm like, yeah. well, but you know, my options are pretty limited at the moment, so it's not, not too bad. Well, I think to that to that point, we're fascinated to see, and, and this this device data we update on a weekly basis because there isn't that much variation on a daily basis, so it didn't seem to be necessary to do it on a weekly uh, to, on a daily basis. So, um, but we're very fascinated to see where this goes. To your point, as people settle into this new pattern and behavior, 
right now they're watching a lot more. Maybe they have the TV streaming, as you say, but in, you know, two weeks time or, or three weeks time, four weeks time, as we really get used to, if there's such thing as getting used to this kind of new way of, of living, uh, yeah. what will happen? Will that number continue to rise? Will computer shift? Will the time shift uh, even more? Yeah. No, I think I think we're seeing still the very, very early days, first generation of, of this impact. And I expect over the next couple of weeks, it's going to you know continue to kind of settle into a new to a new norm, whatever that means. Yeah, you've talked me into it now. I'm definitely going to uh, check on it every <laughs> couple of days. Um, yeah. uh, it's almost as if you work in marketing. Um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> last question, uh, uh, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I, I want to. Uh, find out, you know, just in general, since this is coming via your, you know, service provider partners, is it, is there any service provider takeaway, um, you know, when they're looking at this data and when they're noticing these, uh, these changes and patterns and, and things like that, like what should service providers be thinking when they're noticing the new way of working? You know, I think in, in many ways, uh, that a lot of the lessons, a lot of the observations of these early days of COVID are things that the ISPs already knew were the new reality, that Wi-Fi and internet to a consumer is synonymous, you know, that they are one and the same thing, and that there are yeah. more and more devices and more and more pressure coming on to the home network to be able to handle uh, a real diversity of device need and, and user need. And the expectations by subscribers and consumers is is going to continue to increase. And so the experience that an ISP provides to their subscribers is of critical importance and, and making certain that those devices get exactly what they need, when they need it, and where they need it. Um, and so having a robust Wi-Fi solution, again, is not new news to the ISPs, but I think if anything, this has just accelerated that expectation. It's accelerated the the need to make certain that they have a solution that's robust enough to handle that level of complexity and diversity. So um, I think that's the, the, the real reality. And again, you know, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to stay at these levels that we're at right now, you know, once, once mm -hmm. uh, solutions for COVID are found. But I also don't think we're going to go back to where we were in January. So I think there's a new baseline that's being set right now. And so ISPs, you know, that's the, that's the calls that we're getting right now from ISP partners. And, and we've had a lot. Our business has not slowed down uh, in the slightest. There's a lot of people now calling and saying, you know, what? how do we get this uh, platform up and running so that it's as stable as possible, given suddenly that. Now, before you would have one Zoom call or one video conference call a week at home because someone was staying at home, but now you're having two or three a day simultaneously and uh, right. being able to handle all this diversity of, of devices that are coming in. That's really what they're they're now kind of not scrambling, but accelerating their programs to make certain that that's in place for them. So that's that's the big observation. Not necessarily new news, but accelerated yeah. news. All right. Fantastic. Uh, Todd Grantham at uh, Plume, thank you so much for uh, being on the Light Reading Podcast. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sean. I want to thank Avast for sponsoring this week's podcast. Avast partners with network operators around the world protecting the digital lives of their customers. 
With over 15 years of experience delivering carrier-grade security solutions, you can trust them to help build solutions consumers can rely on to keep them safe today and to protect them against future threats. Let Avast help you build a safer digital world for your customers. Learn more at avast.com slash partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners. That is it. That's our show. Thanks so much to Todd Grantham for his time and insights. Thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good, even when we don't. Thanks to you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we wouldn't be able to get away with doing all of this at work or at home or wherever. (laughs) Uh, Please do tell a friend to subscribe. And thank you very much for listening to the Light Reading Podcast.